0: Hey guys, welcome to the challenge podcast. I'm coach Steve
1: and I'm coach Nick, and we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show.
0: What's up guys, coach Steve here and welcome back to another episode of the challenge weekly show. In today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host, coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today?
1: I'm really well. Thanks coach Steve. I'm really good. How are you?
0: nick look i am going to start the podcast by uh, highlighting that i am i'm i'm not well nick i i really that's am not I well
1: was, that's what yeah. i wanted to say yeah. yeah you
0: might be able to hear it in my my voice and if the podcast kind of gets edited really choppily it's because we had to kind of stop because i have a bit of a coughing fit and blow my nose and i've I come back now um last week sorry we weren't able to do a podcast because i was i was really unwell and this is just the, the tail end of it Nick, um, So hopefully we can get through this really well. My voice can stay, stay strong for us here. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, it's the exciting time of the challenge. Like always, it's week 12, the final week of the challenge. And gosh, it flies by so quickly every time, hey?
1: Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. It's crazy.
0: It's insane. And, you know, right now we're recording this on Tuesday, the 2nd of May. So close to Star Wars Day, May the 4th. But the end of the challenge is wrapping up this weekend. So this Sunday, which is the 7th of May, is the end of the challenge. And once we reach the end of the challenge, that's when we really start to see these amazing transformations flooding our social media feeds like Facebook and on Instagram and also on the M Challenge app as we transition into voting, which is which is going to be next week, Nick, which is going to be really exciting.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see the results of all of that. That's what we work for.
0: Now, public voting opens next week week. So next Wednesday, and that's the 10th of May. So public voting is very separate to the main primary M challenge competition. Okay. So that means that, you know, public voting, if if you're involved in public voting and you see that you're collecting votes, which is, which is amazing. And you may not be in the, the top 50 or the top 10 in the public votes that does not mean that you cannot get in the top 50 or the top 10 in the main competition because it's completely separate that also means that if you are the person with the most public votes that doesn't mean that you win the challenge you may place in the top 10 or something similar um but you may not win the challenge so there's uh very separate separate competitions okay now public voting is open from wednesday the 10th until sunday the 14th of may so you have um, five days wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday to cast your public vote. And you can do that all through the M challenge app. Mm. Now, Nick, many people are asking, um, you know, when do I need to upload my final photo by? When do I need to upload my final photo? Now you can upload your final photo from this Friday, from this Friday. And there's no real close date to upload your final photo. However, you, if you want to be part of the public voting, you would want to upload your public, your, your final photo before public voting opens. So by the Tuesday, the 9th. So when Wednesday the 10th comes around, your photo is uploaded and ready for public voting. You could upload it, you know, on the Wednesday or the Thursday or the Friday, but you might miss out on some people's votes um, who've cast their votes like on the Wednesday. And if you upload it on Friday, you might've missed out on their, uh, them, you know, judging you and you collecting their votes. So you want to upload it um, as soon as you can. Um, you can access the completion document right now, so you can actually find it on the M Challenge app in the announcements, and also on our Facebook social hub, and also in your emails. So the uh, end document is required in your final photo, um, somewhere in the photo. Let it be, you know, in your hand, on the floor, on a tablet, on your device, stuck to the wall behind you. It needs to be visible in your final photo. Okay. Now, mm. moving forward in time, the top 50 is announced on Wednesday, the 17th of May. So that's a good two weeks from now, 17th of May. And then we have our awards night, which is on Friday, the 19th of May, where we'll be announcing the top 10 and top three finalists for the February challenge. And you can also view them from the M Challenge app on Friday night from 8 p.m. So exciting times coming up um, over the next couple of weeks, Nick.
1: What are you wearing to the thing?
0: Well, look, um, I'm going to be just a traditional male and wear a white shirt and a tie, and uh, probably get away with it for quite a while because that's what we can do, right?
1: (laughs) Yep, that's cool. Yeah, does your shirt fit though? Like, as in, your guns are they are they exploding out of the shirt?
0: Oh, look, Nick. Right now, because I've been quite unwell and I've been struggling to uh, eat and drink and train and all the good things. Um, I think I've kind of deflated a little bit over the past uh, week. That doesn't mean I've lost muscle. I'm just uh, not, as, not as hydrated and not as pumped as I normally am. So I think right now that shirt will be nice and fitting. Um, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I can get that that pump back and I can uh, make that shirt nice and tight again, I reckon.
1: Yeah, perfect. I can't wait. <laughs>
0: Now, Nick, lots of chatter about the next challenge. So when's the next challenge after this February challenge? Now we are looking at a challenge starting in June. So we're gonna take a few weeks off in between challenges starting in June. And we are looking at running a six week challenge. Okay, Mm -hmm. not 100% confirmed yet, but we're looking at running a six week challenge. So um, keep your eyes peeled as soon as we confirm everything and have everything all sorted. You will know about it. <laughs> you'll find out on social media. You'll find out via the app. You'll find out via emails. You'll know about it. You won't miss out. Uh, so next challenge um, is coming around. It'll come around really quickly, I reckon.
1: Mm, definitely.
0: Now, Nick, before we move on to the community highlights, um, I want to talk about sickness, okay? Because I'm unwell. And I've spoken about it already in this podcast. Uh, and we inevitably get questions about being unwell on the forum. Um, especially over the past couple of years with COVID lingering around and especially as we move into winter time, we get questions. Oh, I'm sick. I'm unwell. What do I do? Should I train when I'm sick? Okay. And I thought we'd give a little bit of advice about training when we're sick. Okay. So Nick, I thought I'd start, start off very quickly. Um, for, for me, uh, I always try to do some sort of physical activity when I'm unwell. Um, I, of course, need to scale it accordingly so i need to regress it or order regulate it so an example the other day um i it was legs day and i had squats on my program and i had 140 kilos programmed for eight um which you yeah, know okay that, that's that's okay numbers but as i'm warming up i go under the bar and i was warming up with with 70 kilos so one 25 plate on each side and as i unrack the bar i just felt the compression, Nick, you know, that feeling where you had the bar on your shoulder and you just feel it. And as soon as I felt that, I was like, oh, this is not going to be fun. So I took, you know, one step, two steps back, lowered my down, lowered myself down for a squat. And it just felt like trash. Like my, my hips felt stiff. My midsection felt stiff and tight, not in a good way. And then I felt like I had no power and I was like, oh gosh, how am I going to double this weight for eight if I could struggle with 70 kilos for one? So what I needed to do on that particular day was I regressed the weight. So I managed to work up to 120 kilos, so a little bit less, and I was only able to get five reps out instead of eight. So uh, it wasn't as what I had programmed down and it wasn't what I was normally doing, but it was, you know, getting some movement and getting a little bit of a pump um, to what my abilities were. Now I'm pretty fortunate. I have a home gym. So me being unwell, I can go into my home gym and gym and you know have a to next to me and whatever and train. Uh, But if you're in a public setting, it's probably not wise to be out in public while you are contagious. Uh, So, you know, if you're in that space, probably not best to be training in a formal setting when you're unwell. But that doesn't mean that you can't get things like your steps in. So going out, getting some fresh air, getting some sunshine, getting your steps up is something that you can definitely do while you are unwell. Of course, depending on the scale of how unwell you are. and you might feel better by doing some physical activity. You know, get the blood pumping, get some endorphins going. You might be like, "Hey, I actually feel feel good, even though I'm unwell." Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the other question we get a lot is about dieting. You know, what I'm I'm unwell? Um, should I keep dieting? How should I ch- change my calories? So, Nick, what advice would you give to someone around dieting if they're unwell?
1: Um, in general, I mean, it depends on what your appetite's doing. Um, I wouldn't be uh, trying to adhere to just say you're trying to eat you know five meals a day and you don't feel like doing it then I would listen to that. Um, I would allow your your body to kind of guide you in terms of that. I would try and make sure that you're definitely hydrated as a priority and um, you know consuming enough to give you energy to recover but certainly it's not the time to be um, trying to make sure that everything's absolutely on point with adhering to your calories however also it's not really the time to be shoveling in um junk as well you know um, just just the you know old easter eggs that are on top of the fridge or that sort of thing because sometimes your body's a bit low on energy and you can kind of think oh gosh all i can eat is just instant kind of um, palatable sugary things so just be aware of that as well um because it will be the energy dip will kind of make you think that you can just you just need to eat lots of millions of sugary things but not that there's anything wrong with that either but just stay adherent and and, um just chill so don't don't worry too much about it until you get better is that what you've been doing
0: yeah yeah so here's here's a a fun one for you uh coach c the fitness guy um on the the probably the worst day of my um so so what actually happened is is rsv so if you're familiar with that uh, rsv and um i had a bit of like a laryngitis going as well so my throat was really sore and you know when you have a really sore throat um, you know, do you ever, ever have a craving for, for toast, you know, and you want toast just mm. to kind of scratch your throat. Mm. So that was the only thing I really wanted was just some toast. Right. Um, and then Laura, beautiful soul, maybe some soup as well. So I had a, a bit of toast, bit of soup, bit of toast, bit of soup. And that's all I really ate for the day. Um, and that day I felt like trash and, you know, I had this reflection being like, gosh, all I've really eaten today is like bread in the form of toast um, and then, you know, some pumpkin soup, you know, I haven't really had my normal dose of just like a range of foods, a range of vitamins and minerals. Right. And it just got me thinking like, gosh, like, am I feeling so trash today? Because I just haven't gotten my fix of like vitamins and minerals. Right. So I said to Laura, I'm like, I, I, I need to have something green. you yeah, know, I need to get something green. So, you know, we're now got a bag of spinach and um, you ended know, up having like a spinach sandwich. Right. It was, it was amazing. Um, but, Uh, yeah, it just makes me think like when we're unwell, we often go to, um, our, our, our go-tos, like maybe like you said, Nick, like the the chocolate, um, or, you know, maybe some foods that might not be as nourishing and that might be fueling the unwellness in a way. Um, and you might feel better if you did hydrate a little bit more and ate some, some, some vitamins and minerals, um, you might feel a little bit better. I reckon.
1: Yeah. You were going for food that's the color of my jacket, not that anyone (laughs) see it, but it's green.
0: It's green. Um, the other comment I would make is that for those diehard dieters out there that um, are really adamant to stick with their calories, it, it would be wise to not be in a strong or heavy energy deficit while being unwell. Um... And it might you might benefit from being in a maintenance or in a slight surplus when you are a bit unwell to allow your body to recover. Um, Cause ultimately you're dealing with stress. Like being sick is a stress placed on your body. Um, being in an energy deficit is a stress placed on your body. So if you are adding more stresses to yourself, it might delay like the healing time. So it's probably wise to um, aim for like a, a maintenance range of calories, um, not being in a really strong, um, energy deficit while you're unwell and you may find you feel a little bit better
1: Mm -hmm. Good.
0: now, Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlights. Now, some of these highlights, Nick, I believe, are from the past two weeks because we missed out on, on last week again, sorry, because I was a bit unwell. So Nick takes away. Who would you like to highlight this week over the past couple of weeks?
1: Okay, so Wendy McGarvey, she's been um, quite active anyway. So this is just a snippet from from Wendy. Hi, Wendy. So she goes, here's for a terrific Tuesday. So um, that's great because it is actually Tuesday today, I think, anyway. So cool. Um, sun's out. Young buddy coming out for a walk and talk. And, yes, I agree. For those enjoying ice baths or early morning swims, both are excellent. My dad always said finish with a cold shower.
0: Hmm. Love that.
1: Nice. I love
0: that. And, uh, yeah, you know, say what you would about, uh, cold showers and ice baths, you know, they're really popular right now in in the cryotherapy world. Um, but you know, when you do have that cold shower, it is always weirdly refreshing. Um, and you always kind of feel like, oh, just it's, it's something's changed in me after this, this cold exposure. And so Wendy, I think your dad's onto something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would listen. I like a bit of ice um, strategically placed to make sure that I'm not, um, you know, inhibiting my gains. (laughs) I want the inflammation. Believe me.
0: (laughs) Well, you're right, Nick. Yeah. um, Without Mm. going too much into it. But if you are trying to use ice baths for recovery, it may be blunting the hypertrophy response. So uh, it might be a little bit um, overrated for recovery.
1: Unless you want to run a marathon, and then it doesn't matter. it doesn't so, matter, yeah. yeah. But we'll go into it another time, but, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome topic. Okay, speaking of ice baths, I believe the next person is an ice bath king. That's Ben Fitz. So he says, on top of the mountain, a big walk up to the top of Mount Tomary, I hope that that's pronounced the right way but um lovely good on you Ben see he's a he's a bit of a multifaceted human being he loves his gym but then a little bit of hiking nothing wrong with that we love that mm. yeah
0: so good and I I remember seeing this post nick it was um you know him with a bit of a selfie up on top of the mountain um mm. really cool and I love that really embracing the fitness lifestyle so go Ben that's awesome
1: Yeah that's why we do it really we train so that we can just jump on um run up mountains if we want to It's not just about stepping on stage. It's like one second of your life. Okay. Next one. Sarah Pepper just started attempting to do some final photos, had been working very hard, but not only at losing weight, but getting more mobile, was excited at fitting into smaller jeans and finally being able to walk 10,000 steps daily. Then saw my photos and saw old Maxine final shoot from 2020. Wow. Better come Back for the next challenge. So 2020, okay, that's all. Yeah. Um, have a long way to go. I'm finally learning to be kind to myself. A big thank you to all of you encouraging us along the way. It is going to be a slow process, but I will get there. Did I say I need another challenge? Kidding, I need a few. Ha ha, she says. So good on you, Sarah. It's okay. I mean, it's you versus you. And um, sometimes it's great to have photos for reference, but often, it, if you're trying to compare yourself to an old version of you a few years ago, there could be way different circumstances going on. So I would, I would really just try and bring it back to what you've achieved in the last 12 weeks. Sounds really good. It sounds like you're on the right track to actually ending up being better because you've got more education than what you had before. You're older and you're a wiser owl.
0: Older and wiser owl. Yeah. What a hoot.
1: No, yeah, what? A who, not a young owl, <laughs> but a young owl still wise. That's what I would like to know.
0: Mm, are they born Cause,
1: wise? Because owls are all wise. I mean, comment comment down below.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, Sarah. Um, and it's a great reflection. You know, your goal is to uh, lose some weight, but also get more mobile, which is awesome. Um, just be cautious of the self-depreciation. Uh, you know, you should be proud of the effort that you've put in. Um, and we all will say that we have a long way to go. Like I have a long way to go, Nick, I'm sure you look at yourself and go, I got a long way to go too. Um, And so so there's some of us that's motivating, you know, for some of us it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, the journey's never over, but for others, you know, we need those short term goals, right? Those those milestones to reach. Um, So if you're constantly living in, uh, you know, 10 years from now, you might be missing out on what's happening in the moment right now. So remember to celebrate your wins um, and yeah, don't be caught up too far uh, ahead right? Because um, yeah, you might you might not get that that
1: good feeling that comes from it, right? Yeah. And yeah, just with that in the fitness culture, sometimes it's always about being better, but then just reflect on where you've come from and you'll probably realize just how well you've done.
0: So good. Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight this week. So first one goes out to previous grand champion, Jin Eastop. Uh, and Jin writes, hashtag Setup Sunday, Smoothies for breakfast this week. I tried this combo today, including some powdered peanut butter. It was the absolute bomb. Chicken cashew nut stir fry for lunch, post-workout protein, ready to go. Don't let the end of the challenge be the end of your habitual routines, peeps. Let them become part of your daily life when whether or not you are taking part in the challenge, three exclamation marks. Congrats to everyone. Uh, on your continued achievements and contribution to this amazing group. Have an awesome week. Uh, Look, Nick, I think Jin really wraps it up here and summarizes it well, where, you know, the habits, routines, the, the lifestyle of the challenge should not be just for 12 weeks or for six weeks or for the challenge or for a period of time. It should be something that we we do. And, you know, hashtag set up Sunday is a, a, a great routine to get into where you spend some time on Sundays to prepare for the week ahead. And that could be to do some meal prep. That might be to plan out when you're going to train or heck, even just plan your life. Being like, okay, Tuesdays, Tuesdays, I'm going to do this. Wednesday, I'm going to do this. Thursday, I'm going to do this. Great. Set up the week so that you're ready to go. So making a part of your life, Jin. Thanks for saying that. It's awesome. Hmm.
1: Very good. Go Jin. Um, I love your tips and you're a successful person. So success leaves clues.
0: So good. Nick, next one here comes from Karen Weir and Karen's been super active on our Facebook social hub and recently training with another challenger, Jody the target and Karen writes update to my massage today. Cause she went and got a, a massage, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I only paid for a neck and shoulders massage, $55 for 30 minutes. What a bargain. The lady gave me a full back neck and shoulders massage. And a foot soak. Gosh. Lucky. I think it's because I told her she had strong arms and you could see her veins. She even gave me a flex and then grabbed my bicep. I had a winner of a day. Headache is now gone. Gosh, Nick, I think you can go so far when you start uh the 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 flex salute, right? When you when you uh you know notice someone else's biceps, they notice your biceps, give each other the old bicep salute. So good. So Karen, congratulations. You scored yourself a bit of a um upgrade to your massage um, for that win. That's that's huge.
1: Usually um, anyone who's giving you a massage or um, if you get your nails done or anything, they'll certainly let you know what you're looking like or how how your muscles feel. Um, It's a really good test to know where you're at because they'll tell you. (laughs)
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Nick, when I had my my clinic, I used to see quite a number of bodybuilders. So IMBA Mm -hmm. pros um, coming and see me and they would often ask me like, oh, can you see any um, asymmetries, right? Cause you know, bodybuildings all that balances yeah. and for them, it's really hard. I mean, you would relate to this. It's really hard to see imbalances in your body, but for me, you know, you see lots of bodies, um, you could start to see where it's mm-hmm. not balanced. Um, and it, when you see in someone who's very muscularly developed, let's say their left shoulder, maybe their left pec is less developed than the right pec. And it's like, okay, well I can see that difference. There might be something happening in that shoulder because your right pec is way more developed than your left pec. And they might say something like, oh, yeah, I I struggle with my left shoulder because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Or when I do a dip, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. So you can start to see, like, clues, you know, from from the way that they look. Uh, So, yeah, if you want an objective view of your body, maybe where to improve, yeah, go check out, you know, massage therapist, osteo, someone like that. Someone who works for bodies, on bodies for a living, that they will be able to give you an objective uh, opinion. Mm. Nick, final one here goes out to Jill Collins and it's a little bit of an accountability highlight for Jill and Jill writes, I've really enjoyed this challenge although I haven't lost much fat. I've certainly gained some muscle. Unfortunately, I got very sick on my recent trip to Bali and won't be able to finish the challenge. I'll see you next round. So Jill, this is an accountability for you, buddy. We'll see you next round and we're excited to see what you can do.
1: Yeah, good on you. That That's fine. These things happen just as we were talking about before. So take the wins and come back stronger.
0: So good. Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have the question and answer segment. So first question here comes from Trisha, And Trisha writes, what's the reason for changing workouts every four weeks? Can you train the same for 12 weeks? Nick, what advice would you give to Tricia?
1: Well, the thing is, I mean technically you can it's just about um periodization and um your favorite thing in the world your your meso cycles steve coach steve so um it's just so you can progress those particular exercises in um an efficient way i suppose within the 12 weeks and then um you can uh, actually yeah, progress within those exercises and then you can change to a variation of those exercises. So if you notice, even though it says the training plan changes, it's usually just a variation of that same movement, say like a squat might turn into a front squat. So it's a way to progress. So because if you're doing just say you're not new to training and you are doing a squat for 12 weeks, there's only so much you can progress with a particular squat pattern. Um, before you may want to just change it up. I mean, you, there are other things that you can do, but um, yeah, what we do is we have our mesocycles and we love them. And um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, the other thing is, if you think about it, similar to calories. Look, you can, you can do the broad overview. You can have just your calories. Um, you can train, you can move, or you can get more into the specifics that are going to really give you strength and body composition gains and changes, adaptations.
0: Yeah, progress. Nick, I think you you really nailed it with, with adaptations and, 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 and progress at the end there. Hmm. Uh, my 10 cents is that, yes, I think you can follow the same training program for 12 weeks. I think the limitations is that one, it might become stale, you know, if you did the same thing um, you know, every week for 12 weeks, it might become a bit stale. And two is that <clears throat> with training, we are trying to adapt to the stimulus. And we adapt really well to new stimulus, and we call that novel stimulus, right? So, if you did the same thing for 12 weeks, you would need to um, you would need to either like increase the the load, or increase the volume, or increase or, or change something over that 12 week period to continue to see adaptations. Uh, However, if we just change the exercise, we get a new novel stimulus, so we can use a lighter load and get a really great adaptation response to that. In terms of overall muscle growth, you know that slight adaptation, like let's say a um, a lat pull down, you go from an overhand to an underhand, you know, and alternate every four weeks. We actually hit different parts of the lats. So we get really rounded development. On the complete other side, if you change programs every like week or two weeks. You may face other problems because, you know, you don't get to adapt, right? You spend a week, you barely learn the new skill. So you don't really get a chance to adapt to that. So this like four, maybe six week period is a really nice way to kind of adapt to that training program. Um, And it it tends up being nice ways just to keep everything fresh and new every four weeks, but you're not completely changing the entire program like you said nick maybe just small modifications like a back squat to a front squat um you know a deadlift to an rdl to a sumo deadlift it's the same movement pattern just slightly differently
1: Mm, very good
0: nick next question here comes from mark and mark asks Hi, I'm happy with my progress this challenge and want to make sure I have a plan post challenge to not undo my hard work. Researching reverse dieting and wondering if you'd recommend it coming out of the challenge. As far as I understand, the best way is to add 50 to 100 calories per week until I reach maintenance calories of my ideal weight. Thanks, Mark. Ooh, Mark, um, big question here. Now, reverse dieting was first coined by uh, a researcher named Eric Trexler. And this was just a few years ago where he, he brought it up. Um, and the idea was that it's a strategic way to increase your calories back to maintenance mark, like you suggested. Now, Eric also came out recently and said that, you know, it might be a little bit, um, overrated the idea of reverse dieting, mainly from an adherence point of view. And then on a physiological point of view, you know, we don't see any significant differences between, a staged reverse diet to just a uh, switch over to your maintenance calories. Okay. Now, the benefit of a strategic uh, or a, a strategy to move to maintenance is that once you've dieted, you know, you've changed your body weight, you've changed your fitness level, you've changed like your overall metabolism, your energy expenditure. So your predicted maintenance calories might be different from when you started and it might be difficult to predict your maintenance calories so if you were dieting and you're consuming let's say 2000 calories and you think that your maintenance calories is um 2500 calories you might be wrong with that so if you just switch over to 2500 calories the you know a 500 calorie increase you might find that that's not really your maintenance and your true maintenance is maybe 1400 calories. So your body uh, maybe adds a very, 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 very small amount of body fat with that, okay? So a strategic way might be to slowly increase your calories per week until you reach a point where your body weight is um, plateaued or at homeostasis or not changing. So if you are consistently losing weight at a rate of 0.5 to 1% per week, you slowly increase your calories by maybe a 50, uh, 50 to hundred calories per week over a course of, let's say two to four weeks, or maybe even six weeks until your body weight, um, plateaus. So you're no longer losing weight anymore. Great. You have figured out your maintenance calories. So that is a, a great strategy. And look, I would personally, maybe not challenge wise, but personally recommend most people to go through a bit of a reverse diet so you can find your maintenance calories, better so you get a better understanding of your maintenance calories however it takes a lot of adherence um and it might be easier just to switch back to to maintenance calories um and you make small adjustments so that your body weight doesn't change too much that would be my advice
1: yeah yeah and um I mean, it's also going to depend how lean you got as well sometimes I think because like just your your adherence um, is going to be a bit tested when you're doing your reverse if you got really lean because your hunger signals are all over the place. So, yeah, all of that. Yeah, It depends. It depends. <laughs> we love it depends, don't we?
0: We do. We do. Nick, next question it here. It does.
1: Mm.
0: Next question here comes from Tammy and Tammy writes, Um, be interested to know the coach's thoughts. Now we are week 10. So it was a couple weeks ago, this question, and I'm only down five kilos. Gosh, Nick only down five kilos. Yes. That works out to be 0.5 kilos weekly, which is good. But considering I have at least another 10 kilos of fat to lose, I would have expected more on the scales. Maybe it's my age. Notes I have hit minimum 10,000 steps every day, every single day. My nutrition has been 90% on target, everything tracked, weighed, etc. This past week is the first time I've missed a weight session the entire challenge. Help, she says. Nick, what advice would you give to
1: Tammy? So, Tammy, you sound like the ideal client because you haven't missed anything, you've tracked and weighed everything. You're, um, you're hitting your step target your nutrition target and you've you've lost i mean i don't know your initial start weight but um you've lost uh by any you know any half a kilo weekly basically is is fairly fairly freaking good um in a consistent manner um what i would suggest is that is good you need to keep going because um there's obviously more to do uh i think anything that you may have done previously without knowing you could have been something a little bit extreme. And we don't really advocate extremities here because that that's where you will do the thing where you will rebound as soon as you start eating normally. But if you watch what we actually do here, you are eating normally. You're just possibly eating a little bit less of that and incorporating some new habits in. So it's actually then it's teaching you to maintain for life. So, I would stick it out. It's not going to be a quick fix. So it sounds like you're a third of the way in. I would um, commit to seeing it through because you will get there. And when you get there, you will have um, probably not lost a significant amount of muscle mass. Whereas if you're just looking at dropping scale weight and you want to do it urgently and you want to drop a whole lot, unfortunately, it's not just going to be body fat. That's the thing. So if you do it slow and steady, you are going to retain your lean muscle mass, which is the stuff that actually is going to help you if you, if you. if you look at the age thing, you want to have as much of that good stuff as possible as you do hit that time when your body goes through those hormonal changes. Um, i.e. menopause, perimenopause, all those sorts of things, you want to retain that lean muscle mass. I would, if you'd have said that you'd lost 15 kilos, apart from the number being like a massive number, I would have said that's too much. And um, I mean, depending on obviously your start weight, but I really think that slow and steady is going to help you in the long run more than what you think losing another 10 kilos will immediately. I think that that would exacerbate any problems Um down the track to do with age and things. If you're if you're dropping that, then are guaranteed. If you're doing it quickly, it'll be at least five kilos of of lean muscle. So and and sundries. So um, I would keep going exactly as you're doing. Help. I will help you by telling you you stay doing what you are doing. Don't change it. You are there. You just need to keep going. And this is the bit where a lot of people are going to get annoyed and say, I haven't reached what I want to reach. I'm going to reverse it. So, what are you going to do? You're going to go backwards and have to lose all of that again? Or are you going to keep going? You tell me, Tammy. You tell me.
0: Nick, what a yes. response. I love that. I love that. And talk.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, look, my, my 10 cents for Tammy is that, you know, we need context. Saying that you lost five yeah. kilos, um, you know, did you start at 50 kilos because that represents 10% of your body weight? Um, or did you start at, a, I don't know, 150 kilos because that, you know, represents, you know, one point five percent. Like it's 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 very different. Um, so that, that's the first thing that we need is where your starting weight is because if you're losing zero point five kilograms per week, that could be right on our weight loss rate, which we suggest, which is zero point five to one percent of your body weight per week. So you might be in the target in the zone, great, and you just need some patience. Um, if you are starting at a higher body weight and zero point five Kilos per week is less than zero point five percent of your body weight. Hey, maybe you need to increase your energy deficit, right? And this is without going into that statement of I need to le- lose at least another ten kilos of fats. Uh, how do you even measure that? I don't know, but let's just make that assumption. So it just needs a bit of context, I think, for this question.
1: Yeah, definitely, we need context. But look, I'm just I'm going to go with our average person, and I would say that you're pretty much almost smack bang. That's what I'm I'm just doing because sometimes when you can't have all the context, you gotta go with the the average. So like let's just say it's about your seventy kilo or so, you know. I yeah. could be wrong. She yeah. can tell me.
0: And that's so good. Nick, final question here comes from Rochelle. And Rochelle, straightforward, asks, Are DOMS indicative of muscle growth? Whew. So uh, let's talk about talk about it. Um and we have spoken about this in the past, maybe what, 20 or plus weeks ago. Uh, now, DOMS stands for Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness. And I think we've all experienced DOMS before where we've completed a bout of exercise or physical activity. You know, that could be doing a boot camp doing a weightlifting session, doing gardening, doing chores, right, whatever it is, moving house. We do about a physical activity and then either the next day or potentially the day after, potentially two days after, we are experienced with a delayed onset muscle soreness. So this kind of soreness from the muscle. Now this is very different to like a joint soreness. So if you've trained legs, you might feel that your, um, you know, quads and your glutes are really sore, but not the knees, not the hips. Right. Um, or if you've gone for a really long walk and you feel that your calves are really sore, not the ankles, not the knees. So the muscle soreness. Now in physical therapy, we actually relate DOMS to, you know, a very, very low level, um, muscle strain, right? So it's not really a grade one, it's like a grade zero muscle strain. It's a very low level muscle strain because essentially you've strained the muscle. You've applied um, too much load that the muscle was ready for. So are DOMS indicative of muscle growth? The direct answer is no, but there's a comma and a but in that answer. So no, comma, but. Now, um, DOMS in terms of a scale, right? Where if you had uh, no DOMS, little DOMS, some DOMS, high amount of DOMS. The amount of DOMS that you have is not indicative of muscle growth. That means that the more sore you become, that doesn't mean more muscle growth. But if you do not experience muscle DOMS or haven't experienced it in a really long time, that might be a sign that you are not applying an adequate stimulus for adaption. So that might mean that your intensity is not high enough, your volume is not high enough, um, or your execution of an exercise is not high enough, or the exercise choices that you make might not be appropriate for the muscle. So for example, as we become more advanced, we struggle to experience DOMS because we have a baseline of fitness or readiness to complete an activity across most of our muscle groups. So you do bicep curls, it's not challenging for the biceps, we know how to do that exercise. However, to get DOMS in your biceps, you could still get DOMS in your biceps. You would just need to train at a higher intensity and maybe do a few more bicep curls, right? So if you did, you know, two sets of bicep curls in a workout, you might not feel DOMS. But if you did 30 sets of bicep curls, well, you probably feel it the next day. So you increase the volume. If you were training with your gym bro, your gym broette, And they were doing negative bicep curls with you and forcing reps and such really high intensity training and doing lots of rest, pause sets. Um, and you know, weird supersets and all this crazy stuff, you would probably be sore the next day. Um, or if you really isolated your bicep in the bicep curl and really pumped out the bicep gosh, you'd really feel it the next day. So there are ways that we can get doms again. So if you are not experiencing doms or haven't experienced doms in a really long time, it may be a sign of, um, uh, areas that you can improve on or reflect on. Maybe you need to train better. Maybe you need to train at a higher intensity, add more volume in, um, because as we add more volume in, these are synonymous with, you know, muscle growth, hypertrophy signals, adequate growth, adequate, uh, adequate volume, adequate intensity. These are all big ticks in the hypertrophy muscle growth world, which are also big ticks in producing DOMS. So, um, the main takeaway is no DOMS are not indicative of muscle growth. However, DOMS are a, a byproduct to the activities that cause muscle growth. So if you don't experience DOMS or haven't experienced DOMS in a really long time, you may not be applying an adequate, uh, stimulus for adaptation. If that makes sense. Mm.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Nick let's wrap it up there for episode number 109 of the challenge weekly show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. And hopefully next week, my voice feels a lot better and uh, we can be a bit more animated for episode number 110.
1: No one would have known. No if one would have been. known. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it still feels croaky, but it's okay. We'll get through. See you then. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes. To spread the good word. See you next time.